Hi, so I'm Tom Smith. I'm the director of the Data Science Campus at the ONS, as Millie, Millie said. Um, I'm going to start my input with what I hope are, are two reasonably straightforward propositions, but let's let's dig into them as well. Um, first, the, the role of ONS and the government analysis professions is to provide analysis, research and statistics that inform decisions both in the government and wider country, wider UK. Um, that work helps deliver pub better public services, better outcomes and so on, and has real impact as we've seen over the last year, plus really kind of in a very concrete way. Um, second, as part of that, we should explore the examples and opportunities for using new data sources and methods uh, to experiment and innovate with the art of the possible, so, but while ensuring fair outcomes. And that takes us right into the heart of this discussion around experimentalism, around new sources, new techniques, and so on. Um, so let me go on and give a few examples and some of the points over what perhaps kind of see as, as needed just to sort of set the context for the discussion and the questions. Um, so first up, new data sources. I've been asked to give a few examples here. I mean, my number for the day, and uh, Ed Humpherson on the call will feel that I'm shamelessly stealing his idea from earlier in the morning. Um, but my number for the day is 1,200. Um, and that's the number of publications that ONS put out last year across the uh, for, for, uh, in England and Wales data. Um, approximately 600 of those statistics bulletins, approximately 600 analytical releases. That's kind of four and a half every working day of the year. So you can imagine how busy the publication team is. Um, but the really important bit is that we're interested in the opportunities to use new data sources, new types of data to improve what we know about, what we can and, and, and to inform the publishing and improve what we can publish to inform decision making. Um, we're really interested then in what we can do to get a faster signal of what's happening or finer grained information on local areas or particular population groups. And that sort of thing both gives us early warning and heads up on changes to the economy, but it also, for example, lets us dig into what's happening in terms of particular population characteristics to identify inequality. Um, so, for example, the COVID infection survey that we started last year has now run more than four million tests. It's an incredible size survey. And, you know, this is old school uh, uh, um, data sources, but using new techniques, for example, in the way that the, 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 the testing is carried out. But what we're critically able to do is link that into ONS data inside the system and use that to identify what is happening with particular population groups like by age, by ethnicity, by religion, and so on, if you look at, say, the census data. So it's that wealth of important data being linked together that gives you this way, gives you additional way of identifying where is inequality, where are, for example, public services missing out on groups. So I really kind of see there's a there's a there's a a trade-off here, and this is a great one to get into the discussion, the trade-off between misuse of data and misuse of data. And we're very much import, uh, uh, working on the how do we improve what we can do through better use of data and through new data sources. Let me give a couple of other examples. Um, mobility data has come up um, in, in, in many forms over both COVID work, um, but also in our area around population estimates, migration, tourism, and so on. Um, so data from mobile phone providers, from Facebook, from Google, from Apple, all of those sources are being used by ONS and other parts of government looking at COVID modelling, longer term estimates of, of population and so on. Um, really important stuff, but it raises obviously very sensitive questions around data access and analysis that we need to be absolutely on the front foot about what we're doing and why, because at the bottom line, 
public trust is 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 where ONS and government get our social license to operate in this way. Another source of the information, satellite imagery and other Im image sources, um, very powerful in terms of what's happening in terms of the environment and economic estimates. So, for example, we look at water availabilities and satellite data for the sustainable development goals. Uh, we do things like count cows from space um, using satellite imagery, which uh, might surprise you. is quite an interesting economic indicator in some countries in the world. Um, so there are lots of sources of data that we're interested in looking at. And for each of those, we have the op opportunity to project, say something new or say something um, more detailed about the world or faster about the world than we were able to do before. So second, what's needed to make this work in a, in a robust and ethical way? And I'll, I'll come back, I think this really boils down to governance and infrastructure, but I'll come back to infrastructure in a moment. The first is public trust and license to operate. Uh, we know that the public, um, when we've polled them, give a view that the statistics trust published by ONS are well trusted um, and uh, they're, they're, ONS is seen as independent. We haven't updated that since the COVID work. Um, it would be really interesting to do so. Um, but that really is underpinned by a very robust um, process and transparent use of data. For example, the Statistics Code of Practice, which the Office for Stats Regulation run by Ed Humphreton um, on the call, uh, really gives the framework, um, the National Statisticians Data Ethics Committee and the various project review panels mean that every use of, ON, of ONS data, either by ONS teams or by other users, is seen and scrutinized in a very clear and transparent way. Um, data security and data quality, obviously also highly important. Haven't got time to go more into the detail on those, but essentially the quality framework and the security framework you use around use and reuse helps build trust in what you're doing. And then the final kind of point to here is, is a question that kind of speaks back to this experimentalism idea and kind of concept. How do we speed up and scale up the research and exploration of data for public good, um, both across the public sector and wider researchers? Um, how do we support that this kind of experimentalism? And there's lots of interest in here from right across the system, for example, ADR UK and UK Data Service, uh, the UKRI Digital Research Infrastructure, there's lots of programs of work to really improve data availability and access for researchers. The, uh, the ODI work on, for example, data trust and so on goes, goes probably slightly wider into more commercial data questions around that and a sort of probably wider use, use set. Um, but some of the evidence from the ONS Secure Research Service, where we have 4,000 accredited researchers and 700 projects over the last year, some of the evidence from that shows that really moving to a point where you can uh, facilitate access to data through the, in this case, a program that we're setting up or running on behalf of government around the integrated data platform and data services, that, that availability of data, well-recognized and transparent content, but with all projects logged and clear on what is being done and the outcomes and why they deliver public benefit, that's a really important um, component and pillar in, in your work. And the second one is data literacy across senior leaders. And this is a slightly different point just to raise in here, but in their role as team leaders and intelligent customers, le leaders across public sector and indeed other organizations are critical to driving your improvement and your use of data. And so there's work across government on this, including the Data Masterclass, 
that we're running with the number 10 data science units. I've just seen Alex on the call. Um, following successful pilot on this, we're in process of scaling up across government. Um, and I think in the last couple of weeks alone, we signed up five departments, 10 perm secs and 1,000 senior civil servants. Um, so that gives you a sort of sense of the scale of interest in this sort of work. Um, so I'd really love to include a case study coming out of the this experimentalism program as part of that masterclass so that people across government can help learn, can learn from that. Um, loads in there. I've got lots more to talk about, but I'll stop there because I think that's my five minutes up.